Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And you are listening to episode 129. Ain't that uh, fine? You knew oh, it was coming, man. Baby, my boy. I, I feel like I resisted the temptation on 128. Ain't that great? Did I? And then I stole it out from under you. Yes, no, you did. You, I, you faltered momentarily, and I, I stabbed you, you in the back. You, you smashed it up. I had, I had to take the glory this time. What a pun! Uh, and and Vince, might I say, what a fun episode. A wordplay left and right. Yeah, it was. We had a very interesting man on the show. Uh, a man who is the entrepreneur who is now CEO of a company that sponsors us, actually, uh, called Ultra Human, and specifically the nootropic uh, Da Vinci. Yeah. He also uh, has his irons in a few other fires, including throwing amazing parties uh, out of Columbus, Ohio. His name is Jason Deer. Yeah, man, what an what an interesting character. Uh, a lot of respect for the dude, and uh, he's got he's got a lot of energy, which I really appreciate. And what he's willing to do is is sort of push it, push the edge, which of course is what we were talking about, Vince. Yeah, we were talking about the edge, and I'm glad we did with him because he has a lot of interesting insights about pushing past boundaries. He's a sort of never say fail type guy. He's tried a lot of ventures he's gone out on a lot of limbs and those people have a lot of good respect or have a lot of good perspective okay about <laughs> about what it takes to succeed against the odds and he actually talked a lot about uh defying the odds or changing the odds or ignoring the odds and a lot of what he said was very motivational i think i should say yeah i, I would definitely agree i you know he 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 has such a he, he has an intense spirit uh, spirit <laughs> he's an intense spirit that I really respect uh, that is willing to push it that is willing to go there to, to risk things to be vulnerable and I think a lot of it comes from a spirit of growth which I can can really respect and appreciate absolutely yeah and, and it would be it seems to us that it would be silly to not have the sponsor of this episode be Ultra Human. Uh, they are a, a sponsor of the podcast, and it is a product that I use uh, nigh upon daily and and really appreciate, uh, which is the Da Vinci. It's a nootropic. It's a cognitive supplement uh, specifically designed to help you focus get in the zone, get in flow. We, we surprisingly, uh, you know, we, we do just sort of follow the, the natural flow of the show. We didn't really get into a lot of that on this episode, but, uh, you know, all that being said, we, we had him on the show because we were interested in, in talking with him, uh, not because of any sort of sponsorship, but we do appreciate the sponsorship and we appreciate the product. I, I really do. Uh, I, I believe we have an offer code, sweet, sweet Vince. And well, we do, we do. I, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I tried. <laughs> I tried to do. The, real. I know. I tried to do the offer code at the end of the show, and we had quite a bit of fun with it. But I'm gonna let you take it this time, Vince. Guys, just enter code ten thousand hours. That's one zero 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 h o u r s, and you'll receive. Is it ten percent off? Yeah, free shipping. Oh, free shipping. Free shipping. Well, that'll equate to around ten percent. I think actually both, Vince. Hey, this deal just keeps getting better. So check that out, listeners. And hey, thank you so much for your continual listener. Thank you so much for your continual listenership. And thank you, Jason Deer, for joining us. Hope you all enjoy episode 129. Ain't that fine? Fine. 
Edge. Give me the schematic. Is this a clean show? Is it R rated? Uh, it's it's R rated. I mean, we we it's R rated. <laughs> yeah, every, every I single mean, one no is explicit. Barred, really. Every every single one is is marked explicit in the iTunes store. Okay, the, so the print, so we can talk about whatever. Okay, that's fine. Oh yeah, for sure. We and we swear it's it's really we we can really do whatever the fuck we want. We're on a podcast. Speak freely. And here we are, Vince. <clears throat> On our fourth, oh, fourth. a fourth, oh boy, a, a new bar has been set. So Vince, uh, I'll waste not any more energy clearing my throat or otherwise, and I'll simply ask you, what are you putting your time into? What are you working on? Oh, well, thanks for asking, Grant. Uh, also excited. What a what a new frontier in throat clearing. Uh, tonight I was actually running a little behind. I was at a client thing with Comcast spotlight and uh couldn't couldn't get away so you know i i like to be punctual even though i'm a rare mix of punctual and lazy but uh i do usually like to be on time but i was a little behind i will say even though i've taken a few months off of plugging it which i'm you know proud of myself slightly i know i know we are getting ready to wrap up season two and then take a long hiatus for these parts so we're getting ready to record the hundredth episode soon uh so that's also congratulations so happy for you (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Grant. Thanks. I can feel the sincerity uh, in your voice. What about you, Grant? What are you putting your time into recently? What What you working on? Mm. Technically, a fifth throat. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. many. I don't know how many the listener will Sacred actually hear, ground, but uh, we are in unprecedented territory. I vin 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 vin. I am. I'm truly relieved. It has been. It has been an intense, probably, month plus, I would say. Uh, (laughs) I don't want to compare myself to a doctor too much, but I do feel like I've been on call with a couple of the videos I've been directing, and those have just been really intense productions, and I I just kind of saw both of them through to some of the final stages moments before we started recording. Oh my god, that's, that's a exciting! Huge, huge relief. That's I mean, be a, a weight off, right? A literal weight off my chest. Yeah, uh, man. So yeah, it, it's hard to it's hard to explain, and it's also just like it's just music videos, you know. So it's it's hard for me to like get too too high horse about it, but it it is really important stuff to me, and it's like a lot riding on me for a lot of reasons. So that has been the majority of my attention as of late. Sounds like a worthy cause to keep your attention. <laughs> sure. sure, a worthy cause. Uh, <laughs> wow. At least a, a good way to spend it. And I'm glad things are. I'm glad things are wrapped. And I'm glad you're. You're optimistic, right? You're feeling positive. Always optimistic, Vince. I know nothing oh, that's else. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. We're we're doing just fine. <sighs> and then here we are, another episode. What a treat! We just wrapped up our uh, our contest too with Adobe, which was really cool. It was a cool partnership. Oh, for sure. And uh, we had a lot of people hyped up about that. Um, and then h- here we are with uh, with a fun episode, one that I'm excited to dig into. 
Oh, for sure. Um, I I don't think there are any disclosures necessary. Really, we're podcasting, and it's our podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, so deal with it, listener. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, but this guest, I, we first we first came uh, uh, became aware of each other through him actually sponsoring the podcast, and uh, we were connected through uh, a friend of the show, former guest Chris McAllister. What do you think, Vince? Episode 82, 83, 84? You know, 70, that's a good 76? guess. I want, I want mid-70s, actually. Mid-70s, 74. 74. Yep, 74. 74 sounds just about right. We'll show notes, Chris McAllister. Uh, but I, I am a, a current user of his product, and, and he's uh, sponsored a few episodes here. And we're happy to have him. Um, and uh, the sponsor being Ultra Human, and the product being Da Vinci, the Da Vinci, which we've spoken about a few times uh, on the show. And now we have him here as a guest, which is a genuine treat. Vince, oh, Vince I was hoping you just like would say, you know, <laughs> yes, it is a treat. Anything, man. Yes, it is a treat. Uh, in <laughs> fact, uh, I've I've personally been looking forward to learning more about this particular guest. Uh, today, in fact, has been a whirlwind of, of information, and I, <laughs> I can't wait to hear his opinions on a lot of stuff. Uh, and we have a good, I think, topic queued up for him. So thanks so much to Jason Deere for joining us. Uh, Jason, if I may do the honors of asking you, as is our custom, what are you putting your time into lately and what are you working on? Hey guys, well first of all, uh, thanks for having me on the show man, much appreciated. Um, and uh, these days we're working a lot on the ultra human brand and lifestyle. And then uh, you know how you know I like to throw a crazy party once in a while, so we're doing that too. I, I didn't know that until recently, but I am anxious to talk about it uh, here in the future. But perhaps before we do, we should introduce our topic, which is it's a, it's a more uh, high level, it's a more conceptual one. Uh, Grant, we're calling it The Edge. And so that might be a pushing boundaries conversation. <laughs> it might be a creative um, limits conversation. It might it might be something different entirely. It, Vince, it, it very well could be a member of, of the band U2. <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah, it could. But who, yeah, who are we could. to say? We're, we're only humble podcast hosts. And we and we've actually got a fellow podcast host on the show today. We do. Uh, so maybe maybe a place to start, uh, Jason, is talking a little bit about your personal endeavors. Uh, you gave us a sneak peek into what you're working on now, which is ultra human and the, your own work and throwing, as you put it, wicked parties. Uh, maybe you could tell us how you got to where you are now and and what your current various business propositions look like including i mean where you are now is in columbus ohio and you originally hail from england and uh, perhaps you can tell us about that journey yeah so it's um you know it's funny you can tell a lot by a, a kid i think in his childhood and at a very young age i was actually born in coventry england and then um i moved here a little while back ended up residing in columbus ohio wanted to move to california but that didn't happen and uh, Columbus became my home, but uh, grew up a very shy kid, very quiet. Um, and I spent a lot of time, I would say, more or less in my own head. Um, I was always a, a dreamer, somebody that was thought very creatively. And uh, as time moved on and I moved to the United States, I, I got a lot of opportunities to do different things, including launch the uh, very over-the-top brand known as Ultra Human Now. And um, I opened a retail store for 10 years and also did consulting for 10 years. So I got a lot of experience within the sports and mental performance uh, arena. 
And then uh, I randomly started throwing very creative parties. Um, a lot of my businesses start with finding gaps in businesses where I find dissatisfaction because people aren't creative and uh, sort of uh, renovating them into being unique artistic pieces, whether it be a product or whether it be a party. I mean, this is very interesting to me. Uh, and and I'm hoping this is uh, like expounding instead of, uh, instead of me throwing up berries, but maybe you could give us an example. Maybe you could illustrate for us in, especially in terms of something as concrete and consumable as throwing a party, what what would be an example of a creative niche that maybe isn't being satisfied currently that you work toward satisfying? Uh, yep, my niche my niche is ultimately boredom. Um, people, I just think most parties I go to, I went I went to parties for a long period of time. I mean, we all we all go to events and we all go to these wine and cheese affairs and we go to these ridiculous weddings that are just boring. I don't like attending weddings. I don't really like attending a lot of events. And I don't want to sound like a sour pouch, but they just bore me. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. it's the same shit, same day. And so when I started throwing events, they, they started out of a need um, to find a place where a lot of people could gather. So I was doing a lot of consulting projects at the time, and I wanted to find an opportunity to get everybody in the same place that I could spend time with. But not just go there and have a cocktail or a beer. I wanted to create something that people would get excited about going to. So I started inducing shows into these parties. Um, everything from like Cirque du Soleil type shows, uh, you know, acrobats hanging from the ceilings, to bringing in uh, very over-the-top productions such as pyrotechnics, lasers, CO2 jets. And it just kind of expanded from that. I eventually worked with uh, major A-list celebrities that would come to events, Playboy models, uh, pro athletes and this type of thing. And before you know it, you have sort of this concoction for an insane night um, that, that people would end up going to. And we would get, you know, anywhere from three to 5,000 people show up at these events. Ooh, I'm super about that. I feel like there are some parallels too. You're, you're, uh, you're condensing it down to a party or a night. But I, what I hear you saying is uh, it's the same thing with like uh, an overall life arc, you know, like fighting boredom. Would you say that's accurate for you? Yeah, people are just, I, I think innately people are just very bored and, you know, we're, we're actually praising it. People are finding they're very safe spaces, you know. You see all these college campuses and universities creating safe spaces and the workplace creating safe spaces, but we never really get to explore everything. So I kind of want to give people a safe space, but I am not going to be safe. I am going to be ridiculous. Like, I have a philosophy that the night that I throw a party, we're either burning the place down or I'm ending up in jail or both. So you know, the, the philosophy is we really, really push the envelopes. Um, the last major party I did, I built a 16-foot robot that moved, um, and I mounted a Tesla coil on the robot's chest. So as the, the robot was moving, you would see live lightning shooting out of this. And this was all done inside of a renovated church. I mean, it was <laughs> You know, and then, you know, there's people flying around and fireballs being shot off. And it was just really, really over the top. But it's entertaining and people can go and they can they can sort of escape to a fantasy land for a period of time, you know, and and sort of enjoy something that's different and creative than the norm. Mm, Man, there's a lot to dig into there. I mean, absolutely. I mean, man, we talk about edges and then we talk about escapism like those. I mean, those two conversations go hand in hand. What are edges? 
if not the boundaries that our own society or our own minds have constructed or maybe our circumstances have constructed them and then exceeding those edges, going past them, that is a form of escapism or it's a form of growth. And that's yeah. a conversation that we should be having, I think. Absolutely. I think like, I think that, uh, you know, I just use the word escapism and, and people escape. And, you know, they escape for a 12 minute show, like no big yeah. deal. You think society's got to a place where they're escaping from the negative. Like people are constantly, whether it's drugs or alcohol or people are just constantly stoned, or they're on medications and Xanax, whatever else. We've just become a very escapist society. Mm-hmm. Yet, instead, what they should be looking at is the ability to create. Like, I took, I am a random schoolboy from England. I have no talent. I never could, I consider myself a very talentless person. And I was able to build an event where we could just, for one night, really just blow people's minds. Yeah. And if we had to, I had to be the person to kind of constantly cross that border, cross that edge, find like the new, the new level, the new ceiling. But it's amazing how many people just don't want to go there. I mean, I, I, I appreciate that. I, I, I consider myself somebody who has, you know, I mean, I'm constantly pushing my edges really, really constantly. And I find myself uncomfortable and then I kind of just keep pushing it, obviously within respect and reason. But, uh, I mean, that, that is the nature of, of not, not just most people, that is the nature of humans. <laughs> that's like, that's the lizard brain, you know, there, there are chemical reactions happening to prevent us from going much further. It, it, is, yeah. It's a Seth Godin thing, you know, the, the lizard sure, brain yeah. protects us, you know, and it keeps us kind of where we're at. We don't expand, but like you said, we just don't grow. I think like, People need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's the end of the story. Like I, I think that um, every, every year I did this, I did, you know, parties for 13 years and we had every year we'd have certain annual parties and every year I would push the boundaries further and further and further. And I follow the mentality of like Hunter S. Thompson, you know, the only people that know where the boundary, the line is are the ones that have gone past it. Mm-hmm. You go to this, this very, very extreme nature to to sort of expand yourself but it's so uncomfortable for people to do and the only thing i do with doing a party or a show is to present that to them mm-hmm. hey here's a boundary that you didn't think you could you didn't you didn't think you could imagine mm-hmm. and now you're immersed in it i'm i'm, I'm super about that i think <laughs> Side note, Vince, we'll show notes this. I'm pretty sure it's just slash grant.com slash fear will maybe get you there. But I directed a video actually with, with a friend of the show and former guest, Jake Woodbridge. Uh, it was something I wrote and literally a line in that video, which this is now like four-ish years old, but it was, uh, uh, you have to, you have to, <laughs> the exact verbatim, uh, get, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> And, but it, it was for a different thing. But I mean, it was. It was. I mean, it's very. Uh, yeah, it's very on the nose here. <clears throat> wow, a sixth throat clear, Vince. <laughs> Talk, talking about boundaries. Uh, so, th- I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting. I have to say that when I was first learning about that this aspect of your pursuits, Jason, you know, I didn't really know exactly where my headspace was at about it. But this is. I mean escapism and fantasy indulgence um sort of an overloading of the senses to to like 
creator prompt some degree of freedom. That's a very fascinating point of view. Do you bring that same point of view to your other pursuits? It seems to me kind of to jive narratively, at least with ultra human. And you mentioned you have a history in sports and medicine and other similarly related industries. Do you see any overlap in those perspectives? Absolutely. I think, I think like first and foremost, you have to start thinking, people need to start thinking whether they are a leader or not. Are you an original? Are you really an originator? Are you really a leader? Are you really a, a somebody that's, are you really a lion or a sheep? I mean, make the decision first in a business. Like be, the, 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 for me personally, I would get too bored if I didn't feel like I was fighting something or if I didn't feel like I was creating something like I believe in, I believe in taking something, whether it's a stale concept um, that's already existed. I just think it's stale or whether it's something that nobody's ever seen before. I believe in bringing these uh, to the world because a, it's a contribution and B, I think that it really makes me happy. I think creating at that level um, is an, an unbelievable experience for those that do it. I wish more people would do it. I, I mean, learn a lot about themselves. I, 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 oh, absolutely. And I will say, I feel, I feel like applying the term escapism is kind of inappropriately labeled here. To me, to me, escapism is a form, not a form of necessarily release. It is a form of of literal escape of of in a lot of ways running away. And I feel like the growth and the the kind of intensity we're talking about doesn't happen by escaping. It happens by facing. And I think that's a very different orientation to, uh, to an opportunity, to uh, an experience than escaping. And I, I feel like that's what you're trying to bring to people, whether that's through ultra human or more specifically with the party sort of stuff. It's like, that is like, this is an intense scenario. This is like something that maybe you haven't, you didn't think about. And then now, face it instead of escaping because escaping would be running away or would be literally watching that watching that in a show or on a thing versus experiencing it i feel like this is more like and i'm coining the term vince experiencism (laughs) interesting so okay i like it you know i love coined words and i love created words so experiencism I think it's a great word, man. I, it's, it's a fantastic word. You guys, you guys have definitely trademarked that a hundred percent. I appreciate that. That's that endorsement means a lot. Um, when we talk about, I want to talk about finding an edge. Where do we know that a barrier comes up? What's that experience like? And what sort of resistances besides the obvious ones, maybe do we experience when we try to go past an edge? The, the resistance, I think, is, is absolutely awful. I think society is so profoundly obsessed with with stopping people from achieving a certain level. Like we are, we are told, like the United States is this country of of dreamers and people that can do whatever they want. You know, since I've landed in this country, all I've heard is no, all <laughs> I've heard, no, no, no. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't. Do because the problem is, if I want to do something, um, if I do a show or an event. Um, for example, I started doing this 13 years ago. My first three years, um, you know, you're really only as good as your team. And if people don't want to go the distance with you, if they're not willing to build really over the top props and show pieces, if they're not willing to go that far because they don't see the value in it, they're not going to do it. 
people don't really want to support you on ridiculous business endeavors. I mean, the best person I can think of, even more so than guys like Steve Jobs and Elon Musk would be Richard Branson. Richard mm-hmm. Branson just has the most ridiculous ideas that he wants to do. And I can't imagine how many times this guy hears no. I yeah. can't imagine how many times James Cameron's heard no or, you know, um, Steven Spielberg's heard no in his early days or Walt Disney heard no. I mean, Walt Disney says, hey, I'm going to have a fake mouse and we're going to make billions of dollars off this fake mouse in this theme park. So eventually you have to sort of just go and do it um, and prove that people will follow this. Um, I don't know if that necessarily answers your question, but... Um, no, that's true. I, the, the, thing, the thing is, we're, we're, so much of what we do is based on liability now. And, and I, I will say I've experienced this so, so much as a filmmaker, especially. It's, it's somebody's always accountable. And, you know, there's value to that too, I'm sure. But the reality is we're, we're mostly based less, on, we're based less on opportunity now and more on, like, if something goes wrong, who's to blame? That, that is why people say no. Instead of, you know, it, it's less about gaining. It's more about, like, keeping. Yeah, I would agree. I think, like, uh, you know, and I think this is a lot of people are conspiracy theorists, and they're like, well, you know, this is a, it's designed to kind of keep us stuck in, you know, this one world nation and keep us stuck and kill our creativity. And I hate to say it, whether it is, whether it's a government thing or not, we really are becoming mold, molded to become very scared. Like, society's becoming way more fearful now than it was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's okay for, you know, and I, I, I have a huge Gary Vaynerchuk fan, but it's okay for Gary Vaynerchuk to, <sighs> you know, go do this, go do that, go grab your balls. Grab like, it's just not that fucking easy. Like, I don't know what you're fucking talking about. Like, there's so much entrepreneurship and so many people over businesses and so many failures. And we've become a fear-stricken society because of exactly what you said, the liability is so astronomical that um, we just can't, we can't do it. You know, people don't want to be out of jobs. They don't want to be homeless. And well, you know, told that, there's, there's something too to people. <laughs> Let's not go too far on Gary Vee. I don't know how I feel about Gary Vee. I've been on with him before. And, and I feel like even in the dynamic of this conversation, I think Vince probably, uh, and Vince, of course, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you probably represent a more conservative view than I, certainly. And then on the other end of the spectrum is maybe a Jason, a little bit at least. I'm, I'm not totally positive. But a problem that I see is sometimes <laughs> it feels like a lot of Gary V. uh let's call them not affiliates, but Gary V followers might just be ham fisted in their approach. And there are a lot of people who are taking a lot more than they're giving, especially early in their entrepreneurship. And so what that means is they are literally a liability to most folks. You know, they, they aren't actually adding a ton of value. And I, I think there are a lot of people who, you know, you talk about building a team and that's something I think about a lot. I draw a lot of parallels with filmmaking, but uh, there are a lot of people who aren't actually good directors, who aren't actually good leaders, who are li- are just kind of building off of people because they're not ready. And that's good too. I mean, I don't want to stop people from being entrepreneurs or from building or from um, growing, but I think that is another reason for some of the fear is that there are a lot of like 
dipshits just like running around <laughs> trying to like b- build companies or build brands and yeah, they're willing to do stuff that is like a little bit heightened and a little bit like egged on by somebody like Gary Vee, which I respect to a degree, but sometimes it's just like, no way you're just enabling assholes to like, to try and use other people to try and build something. And they're not doing a very good job. <laughs> You know, there's no authenticity there. There's no, things don't come from the heart anymore. It's not genuine anymore. Like people don't really just live some sort of like authentic, real passion. It's about money. It's about flashy cars. Fucking Ty Lopez. got. Oh my God. I was just thinking about Ty. Dude, fuck Ty Lopez. I think we can all agree to fuck Ty Lopez. (laughs) It's crazy. It's so crazy. Like this is where we're at. It's just money, cash, blah, blah, blah. (sighs) And then Lambos and, and rented houses and all this shit. And then, it's like people don't really just come from a genuine place anymore. And then you see these companies. Like I work with a, I work with companies sometimes that have been around for 60, 70, 80 years. And it's not that they're a dinosaur. It's that they're really established. But it came from a very genuine place mm-hmm. when they first started. And I just don't think people have a level of depth anymore. It's tough. There, there's just a lot of... Um... There's a lot of distance between, so let's say in a, in a corporation and some of that stuff, there's a lot of distance, it seems, between person and company. You know, there's, there's much less pride in working for that company or for, for being like uh, having any sort of legacy there. But then also in that same way, there's that kind of lack of, uh, lack of connection to the results that are happening uh, currently, you know, even if it's in a startup or in a other, it's, I appreciate some of the speed, but yeah, a lot of it is like, it's just a lack of, it's kind of a lack of accountability, really. I, and shit, man, like we don't have to get too into politics, but something like, uh, like a Trumpian, uh, situation doesn't add to accountability. It just kind of creates even more of an environment where accountability is like, I don't know. It's a bit of a, is it real? <laughs> it just seems like no. Yet, um, I, I don't think people, I don't think people are really accountable anymore at all. I, I think for anything, I mean, it's just that uh, people just do whatever they want. Um, and just, and just tend to just, it, it's just gone to be a point of this. There's, there's kind of like sort of two groups of people and there's people that have a lot of fear that don't do anything. They just sit there waiting because they're just too scared to do anything at this point. They're too scared to approach the goal they want to ask out, the guy they want to ask out. They're too scared to leave the job. They're too scared to start a business. They're just full of shit a lot of the time because they just don't really have the balls to do it. So they're becoming a ball of society. Then you got the other groups of people that are very unaccountable. They just really don't care. Let's just go blow a bunch of money. Let's just go, you know, shoot this email, do that, graphic design this. They, they just want to kind of do whatever. They really don't care if they're hurting people. And, you know, uh, there was a recent document that came out. I mean, I work within the supplement space. I can't tell you how many supplements don't test out. They're just junk. And one of the biggest criticisms I got when I did the Ultra Human brand was the length of time that I put into that product. Now, I, I think three of us would agree that we're all Seth Godin fans. I am a big yeah, Seth Godin fan. Certainly. Oh, he's, for sure. He's, uh, yeah. but he's a mentor. He is. He is the man. But, you know, I hear a lot of people saying, ship the product, ship the product, ship the product. And the one mistake I think sometimes people do make is they get so trigger happy 
It's kind of like you see all these people just walking in buildings and shooting people. Like, that's what they're doing with products sometimes. They're just getting to this point where they like, they want to build products in three weeks. Mm. They want such warp speed time. And it just can't be done. I know a company that made a drink, like an energy drink, and they rushed it so fast that the inside of the caps got moldy. So then they made another batch and they rushed, rushed that one so fast that the liquid coagulated and people got sick. Like, so I, I, I'm not trying, it's not necessarily about speed, but I'm just, just, just trying to say like that there's an authenticity there and there's sort of a care. I, I don't want to sound quirky, but there's sort of like a TLC that goes into building a product where you can actually not be so scared to put it out or ship the product, but you can't be sorry, Gary V, let's just go ship it today, and we really just don't give a shit, and we're just going to blow this shit up, bro, and make tons of millions of dollars and be fucking living fat like Ty. Like, it just doesn't work out. (laughs) You know, that? I mean, that's a very refreshing point of view because it's true. Everything in moderation, everything on a scale, and everything is is a matter of balance, right? So hemming, hawing, and sitting on your hands indefinitely, and that's the antithesis of ship it, uh, that's no good. But when you say like, when ship it becomes the only thing, that's also no good, right? Because just doing to get done, that is also not what it, it, that's like against everything that creating a real creative product is about. Yeah, they they just, you know, this is the thing. I mean, Da Vinci spent 12 years, I believe, painting the Mona Lisa. Now, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you just want to paint fucking painting? Do you just want to create stock art your whole life? Or do you want to create Mona Lisa? Like that's, I'm not saying you have to invest 12 years in something, but I built a nootropic. I put a really hard deadline. I had to get it done, launch it to market. We put it on Amazon. We put it in Europa Sports. We put it in a bunch of places. The product's called Focus Fury. If you guys want to check it out, focusfury.com. It's an unbelievable nootropic. Like, I mean, I sent you guys some. Grant, I think I sent you a bottle of this stuff to like mm-hmm. hold you over when I was sold out of the Da Vinci, but there's no passion in it. Like you look at this bottle, there's no sort of like, connection like we've lost human connection to products so when you look at a movie when you look at like a movie like avatar titanic whether you like those movies or not you look at like the old you know star wars movies or indiana jones movies like there's a lot of millions of dollars that went into these but there was something that these guys really gave a shit about compared to like a lot of just rap music that's out now and shitty scary movies that no one's really no one's really spent and invested uh, a passion and years of expertise doing it. Mm. Like well, it's, it's tough. I mean, this we're becoming cliche kind of, but it, it is, it is true there, there again, I think it does come back to liability. There's just so much risk as creator and we've kind of heightened a problem to me with that. And, and something that contributes to this problem is that we've heightened the stakes for people without heightening any sort of the rewards it's it's a lot of um, a lot of the culture and a lot of the social media and a lot of this stuff is it's it's just takedown it's just takedown trigger happy culture that doesn't necessarily I mean <laughs> who the fuck really besides the the true fans are rewarding people for taking time on something it's all about shipping it it's all about getting it out there and it's I don't know man I mean I I definitely consider myself someone who's a a real legitimate hardcore fan of of long-term creators but um it's tough i you say that though there are people you know there are people and there are 
products. And I think of get out as a phenomenal example of that. That's like breaking the mold in a, a Jordan Peele, like those guys, like, but again, you have to have like certain level of success to be sort of insulated from some of the, the attacks. It, it's just tough, man. There's so much access. You're just so, you're so susceptible to being attacked by anyone at any time. Yeah, I don't think you can really protect. Because who the who the fuck attacked Da Vinci, right? Like, I mean, I guess he did have people, but it's just it was probably less present. Sorry, I cut you off, but it is a different time. It's a it's a very different time, and the second you again, it goes back to the fear. The second you go out there, you're going to get shit on. Like, the, especially if you're an originator, if you're doing something that's unusual or kind of a little bit weird or a little bit off, like you will get attacked. Yeah, but I think that. Um, to go back a little bit, when we talk about the fear and we talk about the liabilities, I think that, I think long-term, the people that are kind of in the middle are the ones that are going to be successful. So Gary Vaynerchuk could put, put out a ton of volume, but the quality of Media, the quality of his one-minute video is still really high. And I think that that's what we have to look at, is that you've got people that are just sitting at home on Facebook Live, I can't stand all these Facebook Live videos. They're just such shit. I don't really care what you ate today. I don't care that your like dog went outside and, and took two pisses today. I don't care, right? Like it's a volume. People are just shipping the product that's junk. I think that I think the people that can still provide something of veg, actual value to someone and connect to them and be able to to put the volume out too and kind of be in that middle category, even if it's maybe not millions but it's enough to stay in front of someone i think that they will succeed that's hmm. uh, true it's interesting um that's, what, a, he, that's what he says he doesn't believe you <laughs> no no i that's that's not the case <laughs> this time uh i do want to sort of talk and i think this actually is uh contrary to my usual form wow. in alliance with what jason is saying can we talk about survivor survivor bias a bit and the role it plays in setting the edges of expectation and our, our societal expectations as a greater whole. Um, basically, this is like a sentiment that I've echoed on occasion uh, where everyone is always telling you to do it, but that's because the people the telling you to do it. it have did it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the people who, who strike out, the people who lose it all in pursuit of the dream, you don't hear their stories. Yeah, yeah, a, because they don't want to tell it. B, because no one wants to hear it. So... To me, that always tempers, and perhaps that is the classical definition of pessimism, and so maybe what I'm saying isn't interesting at all, but I'm interested to hear, like, beyond the edges does lie danger in some form of the word. How do you react to that, or do you, is that something you can't really waste energy on, Jason? Wasting energy specifically on, on failures or the danger? Yeah, the, well, the danger of failure. So knowing that any venture that is you know, sufficiently risky or unique or novel has a risk of failure. I think that, I think that's really just a, an individual different person. I mean, that's person to person for me. I think that uh, I have to absolutely believe I can do it and I just completely get off on it. I mean, that's I just completely get off on it. I think the fear of failure is what just absolutely just drives me. I'm so petrified of losing. I'm so petrified of losing sometimes. And the risk is so high. And I think your body, I think like, I think, you know, biologically, 
your body gets to a point where your senses, like if you're functioning at a very, very high level, your senses kick in so hard that it's almost like the five senses aren't enough and like six, mm. the sixth and seventh sense kicks on. And I know I'm sounding a little bit quirky here on your show, but I think that that's when people really perform at their best. I think when you see top performers, the, the ones that are at that level, that's why they're there. I think a lot of the people that fail, they fail very early and they quit trying stuff. They fail badly. They don't have what it takes and they just stop doing it. They fail one or two times and they just don't do it again. I think the risk is high. Hmm. I, that's what, there's no, really no other answer you can expect, right? From an entrepreneurial minded person. So that makes me, I mean, you answered it in probably the most extreme and, uh, insightful way that I think I've heard it answered, but there is, it's true. Entrepreneurialism is a form of madness because you have to not listen to everyone else. Like everyone else who are usually informed, reasonable people telling you not to do it, doubters, haters, whatever you'll call them. You have to tell them all that they're wrong and do it anyway. So a a sort of informed madness is is a requisite trait of an entrepreneur. Well, there's there's the there is a gap. There's that middle ground where I mean you're right. Like the haters are right. That I'm sorry for using that term even, but it really is. It's true, and it is informed madness. And then there's just like (laughs) there's also on the other side on the other side of the valley. There's a sort of like pot committed nature where it's like well i'm already i've been all in for a while <laughs> and so what i'm saying is true for me <laughs> but most people are just not going to get there and i don't necessarily blame them i i feel like uh, uh, vince this is th- this just uh, sort of sparks the conversation that i think we've had on the show and something i know we've talked about if not on here in general where i'm like Ah, most people I wouldn't tell to like follow my path because like it's probably not going to be worth it for you. It's like only worth it to me because it's like <laughs> I found meaning in it and thusly it has like created expounding meaning. <laughs> it's a it's a long it's a long hard road if you if you really want to like do amazing shit. Well, <laughs> so. It's tough. I don't think anybody really knows how. I don't think people really know how hard it is. Yeah, I just, yeah. Especially with somebody today. Like, what people think it is, if you think it's a certain level of pain, like, if you've ever, if you've been stung by a bee, and you're like, okay, that right there might, to some people, is like a level eight, right? Somebody broke a leg, they're like, that's a level 10. This is like going in surgery and having, like, both your arms amputated with no anesthetic. Like, I know that sounds crazy, but, like, the level of emotional, like, exhaustion you have when you are trying to do something that's original, like, if you have low-hanging fruit business, it's different. Yeah. But I don't think people have any respect for what people have built. <sighs> it's, again, uh, well, okay, I referenced this earlier. I, I definitely agreed, and I want to illustrate it just personally. Uh, Vince, when we started the show, we were talking a little bit about what I was working on. I was talking about music video stuff. And I mean, so much of that is already such a subjective territory and you're trying to stake a claim and be something, whatever that is. And, uh, I will just say literally hours prior. So I I had a music video that I, that I, we shot two weekends ago and, uh, 
so I'm I'm on all the contracts. It's it's a uh, I can speak pretty candidly about this. Definitely no one's going to listen to this that's relevant, but but either way will we'll be released at this point. But it uh I, you know, my name's on all the contracts. The money's coming through my bank accounts. That's a huge stress just like right there. This location we were working with like I kind of had to like go around the normal way of booking this. It was a little bit sketchy and just the nature of that was so fucking stressful. And like, I'm just coordinating with all these different people just trying to make the thing, you know, I'm and and I was <laughs> the point I was going to make was I was trying to get this location release signed, which is what will, you know, made me feel safe really in this whole interaction and I'm not doing anything bad. It's just like, you know, there's just like, there are a lot of factors here and there's a lot of money and there's all this stuff. And I was like on the verge of puking and I like haven't slept much, you know, it's just like, this is like physically weirdly, physically demanding stuff when you're on some of these creative levels that especially trying to make it in any sort of the, in, in some of these fields that are just, it's like competitive. It's intense. There's like, I don't know. So the point I was just trying to make was, I don't know when you when you get to a certain level, in, especially in this middle ground, it's fucking really, really stressful. <laughs> At least for me, maybe I'm a unique case in that. No, I don't think I'm that unique. Well, no, yeah. Sorry to sorry to interject quickly, but balance is always going to be more difficult than extremism, right? Like going to one end, you let your ideology or your point of view or your perspective do the thinking for you. But when you're trying to maintain a balance, that's you doing the thinking yourself. Sure. It's, it's really tough. You know, you, you bring up a really good point about going through this and trying to manage all this stuff and how difficult it is. And that's the problem. At the end of the day, these projects, these fantasy fucking crazy ideas, I don't care whether it's a party or a music video or whatever, yeah. there are things on the line. Like if we do a party, um, I mean, I knew fully well when we were working with this Tesla coil, the guy said to me, if that spot gets too close to you, you're done. Like you're going to go down. You will roll off this stage and you could be in bad shape. Like, we cannot risk it. If you have pyrotechnics, you have that fire marshals, fire permits, like, there's money on the line, yeah. lives on the line. You know, we, um, we had a situation where we were trying to build zip lines one time, five hours before a show. And my production guy said, look, I really, I'm just, we haven't had time to test these problems. Now, it's okay having these wild extremist fantasies, but somebody could die. Yeah. I mean, you just can't, you can't risk it. There are people that die making movies and making music videos. Yeah, do whatever else they do. So there is definitely a risk there. But I think that um, I think that's a great point at hand. I think it is it is exhausting, and you do have to be prepared to go the limit, uh, no matter what you're doing. Mm. Yeah, man, and that's the difference for me with the people. I think I I really legitimately respect is fantasies ideas are so easy they're so easy like i've got a million and i've i probably got a lot more that are even executable than you know than most people that i don't i don't know i what i what i don't respect what i have a hard time dealing with is people who have all these ideas and like a willingness to push them but not a willingness to push the execution and to and to like see through some of, I guess what I would call the production element of it. Cause that is, I mean, I, I appreciate 
uh, yeah, I, I appreciate some of the some of the, but I mean that is what Steve Jobs, that is what uh, Elon Musk, that is what a, they're willing to like f- see it through to a production level, which is the ultimate test of it. And I think there are a lot of entrepreneurs who are who have a lot of great ideas, but so so do the rest of us, but aren't willing to see it through on the production level, not just see it through, but like see it through in at least a somewhat responsible way. Absolutely, I think that that's what really separates them, and I mm. think. Um, I think one of the most valuable, I don't know. I don't even know if it's a lesson I learned from someone. I think I just learned it from life. Like when you, I started business when I was 19, I was right out of high school. Um, and that was it. I was done. I was never going to work for somebody else again. Like I was finished. And I learned very quickly about failure and that when you do, and you actually go out there and you do ship the product and you do present and you do put it out, you do post it everywhere that you are going to fail way more times than you're going to succeed. Mm. That's that's out of the question. Like, but you know, if you're not going to have, if you try a hundred things in your life, you're not going to have 95 work. You're probably going to have 95 fail. But the people that succeed, when you end up having the one success, it just negates all of the failures, and they end up just looking like parts of the journey. So when you look at Steve Jobs, who had several projects fail, millions of dollars this guy lost on failures. Warren Buffett as well, Elon Musk as well. Um, you know, what made these guys successful is they just kept going. And then they ended up saying, they sort of followed the, uh, you know, Thomas Edison rule of, well, I tried the, you know, I tried the light bulb a thousand times, but eventually because it worked and all of these were part of the journey versus just failures. Yeah, that I mean, there's another level to the, to the madness. I'm putting that in quotes, as in it's like not really madness uh, of entrepreneurialism. Like those are terrible odds, even given the payoff of that one success being very uh, rewarding, both financially and spiritually and emotionally. Uh, it's still, it sounds like a bad deal. It sounds like a bad rub, but you have to be able that you have to be able to turn that part of your brain off. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you do. I think, I think what, I think what we're really missing in society, um, is that people don't really know the odds. I've had this discussion, uh, when I do seminars, I spend probably a good 20% of the entire seminar on what we're talking about specifically right now, which is changing how you actually put what the actual odds are. So if you have a company, um, I believe the odds of having a company for 10 years is currently less than 3%. I think that's a chance right now. I would say if you're starting a business in 2017, your chances are probably one to one and a half percent. So you have to be prepared for that. Like the chances, and I'm going to get away from business for a second because we want to just talk about life. Let's talk about relationships for a minute. If you go and you ask a person out, what are the chances that this person's going to take their glass of wine and pour it down your shirt? What are the chances that goal's going to amaze you? What are the chances you're going to get kicked in the nuts? Like, it's probably not really what you think it is. Hmm. But we built this fear as well. So sometimes we think that the odds are, the odds are really stacked against us, and sometimes they're really not on a positive level. And sometimes we just think that the odds are... Are, are really great and they're terrible. So I think we have to get kind of a grip society, like before you get into a business or before you do anything in life, really kind of reassess what the odds are. There is something to be said for the fact that we are both over 
inflationary in our best and worst case scenario thinking. Uh, the imagination is a powerful drug and it will make you doubt yourself when you shouldn't. It should, And it will make you imagine a scenario that oftentimes won't or can't exist. Um, now, Grant, you know, this might be a good time. As good a time Certainly. as any, as I like to say, uh, for something that's maybe not particularly germane. Germane, germane to the topic, would you say? Yeah, let's let's do something. Yo, Vin, I know uh, in a lot of the the past episodes we've done we've done things that are sort of too germane to the topic. Oh, actually, we might be doing something germane to the topic, but let's do something not totally germane to the topic. What? Well, uh, Something you know, maybe yeah. like off the topic, Vince. I think that's a great idea, Grant. Thanks, man. I've got a lot of great ideas. Uh, you know what we're talking about is actually not, you know, now that you've brought it up and sort of made me face it, it's going to sound really, it's going to sound even worse. But yep. we're talking about the art of the party and not, and not necessarily in a professional party thrower. Uh, sense of the word. So, Jason, you have this tab on your website, which I was familiarizing myself with today, that says Party 101. And that was uh, that struck me as sort of charming because it's like, what goes into making a good, fun time for everyone? And I think it's different for everyone, but entertaining, as they used to call it in the 20s, uh, is something I think we all like to be good at. Uh, so, when it comes to having a good time, what goes into it? I think first off, uh, you really have to focus a lot on your energy and what you put into that. Uh, you know, everybody says, you know, oh, you know, you have to have positive vibes and keep your energy up and positive attitude. And, you know, you're going to have a lot of negatives and, and highs and lows, but your problems are not anyone else's problems. Like that night, people want to go and they just want to get fucked up and have a crazy time and meet people and be entertained. So there, there really is a sort of a submissiveness to it um, and an energy, a very positive energy that has to go into that, into that place. Um, I think the structure of a party is really important because things have to be smooth. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people miss. Um, and I think... Um, I think sort of, again, for me, I think, uh, I think sort of people taking people away into, into a different kind of sort of land or world, I think is really important. So structure, um, aesthetics and, uh, and, and putting somebody in a different, a different, uh, arena than the, maybe they're used to just going to like, compared to like a wine and cheese thing. And I think the the most important thing is really the energy that you bring into it. When I go to a party, I, I've had parties where I haven't slept five, six, seven days and I just will always be in a positive mood and just be really high. Wait, you haven't slept for five, six, seven days? I actually went, actually, the, I believe the world record is 11. I could be wrong. At least it was uh, okay. It was about 10 years ago. And I actually went uh, close to seven. What? Wow. And still maintaining a positive vibe throughout. That's, I mean, talking about the edge that we butt up against, even physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, that's like... That's something else entirely. I think that you made a good point, um, especially even talking on smaller scales, like say you're throwing just like a get together for your friends, removing the amount of worries or barriers that you're, that the people that are joining you have. That's like way more important. I think maybe it's just my personal point of view than like providing super fun, super interesting things to do because I mean, you're all friends with each other. You're going to find something interesting to do, but like, 
not having them have to worry about parking or commuting or bringing food or eating beforehand or supplying the drinks. Like these are things that really go into making like a nice, a, a night out is where you get to turn off all the responsible parts of your brain. Right. You know, I'll tell you this, I'm, I'm going to tell, I'll tell you guys, and this is just again for, for doing this over a decade for you guys. And if anybody is listening to this right now, I'm going to tell you the best single kept secret in doing any sort of event, party, gathering, get together, bonfire, I don't give a fuck what you're doing, okay? I have started to teach this. I teach a lot of seminars on socializing and how to optim- how to just be charismatic. Like a lot of people don't have social skills anymore. And the best kept secret when you have a party is you have to love everyone. I don't like a lot of people, to be honest with you. So when I see, if I, if I have 3,000 people at an event and I look at all the negativity, he's a dumbass, she can't walk in the heels, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to have a miserable time. They're going to have a miserable, everybody's going to have a miserable time. People need to stop being so frumpy and just closed off and closed minded. And who are they? Why are they at this party? And very judgmental. Like you have to love Everyone, invite your neighbors, as we would say in England, invite your milkman, invite the woman down the street, invite the 75-year-old, she still wants to get laid, invite this fucking 25-year-old guy, invite lesbians, invite trannies, invite whoever the fuck it is, it doesn't matter. You have to make a decision. If you want to just have an unbelievable time, you never know who you're going to meet, you never know who you're going to connect with, and if you're the host, make the decision out the gate to love and to invite everyone. And if you can do that, the question is, can you do it? Because most people I see that have get-togethers have restrictions. And the restrictions are what create, like, uh, tension. Tension, sure. Tension is what makes you feel less less sort of free and open. Totally. So here, I'm going to bridge this a little bit. In In my experience, and I think this might even... Vince, I, I do want to hear it from you, but I, this might this kind of brings me at least conceptually back to our, back to our topic. But when I think about that, I, so much of uh, of my work and and then even the 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 party life, any of that is like letting go. And for me, someone who is man, I, I definitely consider myself incredibly creative and. You know, I've kind of devoted my life to that stuff, but I I can be really high strung because I care about shipping the stuff. I care about doing the thing, and what that leads to is a lot of tension, and I need to find ways to release that. And if I'm gonna truly let go, which is really what you're talking about, like that's I just need to like have some of the boxes checked, and then you know you show up, you get there, and then you can let go. And um, we don't have to get too deep into this but i do think um you know i haven't i haven't gone too deep on drugs but i feel like we're kind of flirting with the topic and uh i have i have used acid a few times and i have used uh molly mdma a few times and i find in those situations which are for me and i think a lot of the people that i interact with in those situations really cathartic really cathartic experiences most of what leads leads up to that is just this tension it's this like tenseness it's it's a fear and it's the same sort of stuff we're talking about and so whatever you can do to 
get to the point of letting go is good, is productive. I mean, so much in the work, but then also in those situations, which is, I don't know, just like have your stuff figured out, be safe, be cool, you know? You know, it, people, people, uh, here, here's the sad thing is that ah. all of these things really do help out. Yeah. They, I hate to say it, like alcohol helps kind of like people like sort of decrease their inhibitions and relax a little bit and chill the fuck out. But mm-hmm. you really shouldn't have to need it. Like when you look at people at a certain age, I'm always going to use a stage. I've gotten criticized for this so many times and I'm always getting criticized for the people that are not this age, which is the ages between 22 and 26. Those are the exact ages. The people are literally up for anything. Okay. They're always like, if you get a 24 year old guy or girl, they're, they did call, they've done college, they're out of college, they're open to the world. I'll go to this party, I'll go there, I'll fucking drink that, I'll hang out with you guys, let's go here, let's go to Spain, let's go to fucking spring break. They're up for whatever. So they're at a point where they're very open. And then you get people that as they get older, and once they hit the 30s, 35, 40s, and they kind of gotten beat down by society a little bit, they start to become very restricted. Now, uh, you know, I'm in my 30s. I'm not saying I'm restricted. I'm not saying you guys are restricted, but we may have been able to maintain that. And this is why I do think that we certainly enjoy sometimes a lot of people do enjoy, you know, using either whether it's recreational stuff or some people like to smoke a joint or they like to have some wine or maybe whiskey or whatever to relax them a little bit. But I do think that these things often can, can actually be very valuable tools. I don't think they're necessary, but I do think that they are valuable tools in a lot of cases for people because they need to relax. If you can, if you can learn to relax a little bit, maybe you wouldn't need them as much. But. True, but I do. I, I mean, I, I would argue on the reverse side that, well, it, it, it's perhaps more complicated, but also it, it it can be difficult. I mean, what they do is they something like alcohol is maybe I, I would actually make less of an argument for it or even a joint. I feel like something a little bit quote unquote harder, but I don't think that's actually how I would, would, would you know, place it, but it, something that is enabling you to get outside of yourself for just one second. And, uh, it's, it's more of a perspective, um, a modifier, something that can like adjust your perspective and then give you a different perspective on on you, on your current situation, on whatever you're worrying about. And I feel like that can really recontextualize whatever it is. I mean, because so much of what we're talking about is like worries, issues, like uh, fear. Oh, yeah. And f- at least in my experience with those sorts of sorts of things, especially in the right situation, they just totally they totally recontextualize it and, and give me clarity on whatever fear I had about something. Yeah. When you get into, and, and I actually agree with you. I very much agree with you. I think that we're looking, we're talking, talking about two totally different things. We're maybe talking about like, okay, well I want to go to a party and I'm some frumpy person and I'm just really cut off and not social. And maybe they just need a, a drink or a toke just to go like go and party and relax. Sure, sure, sure. What you're talking about is you're talking about really exploring like a higher level of consciousness. You're yeah. talking about somebody, you might be going for a, uh, you might be running a marathon, you might be out on the beach, you might be out exploring something, you might just be even sitting at home or relaxing somewhere or on a long drive. But uh, sometimes, you know, you see a big wave in people experimenting with things like ayahuasca and uh, DMT and all these type of things. And a lot of the time, we've become so programmed and our brains have become so short-circuited that we're not able to really tap into this extremely deep level without 
fair. So every time we start thinking about our actual problem or being able to get perspective on it, we kind of like freak out because our bodies are trying to protect us. And so use of different drugs um, have become a lot more popular uh, with people wanting to to sort of invest in, in almost the opposite of escapism and almost into sort of like uh, self-experiencing or self-understanding or self-awareness mm-hmm. um, and understanding a little bit more about themselves and maybe their place in this world. So I know ayahuasca is being popular. They kind of market it more as, uh, you know, something that can really help you kind of understand life uh, and your problems and where you're at right now. And I would agree some of these things are, they do enhance by blocking out uh, external stimuli that is unnecessary or wanted, uh, mm. you know, for, for achieving sort of like a deeper level of understanding and consciousness about oneself. <laughs> okay, Vince? <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to remain a tourist on this particular uh, path of conversation. <laughs> uh, but I have to say it's, it's always interesting and insightful. I think... Um, I think in some ways chemical alteration of of um, perception and mood is something that's made way too big a deal about since we all do it on such a micro level yeah. all the time, even by something as simple and innocent as exercising or getting vitamin D to as something as severe as taking quote unquote hard drugs. Uh, so I think the, the amount of uh, effort both given to fear-based anti- speech about drugs and also revering the mind opening qualities though as someone who hasn't done anything like that i can't speak too informatively about it uh but i think it's all economies of scale but that's an argument i make all the time so uh on that note i think uh unfortunately we have we have uh too pontificated on the off topic and we should jump back into the topic uh, because uh, we're the hourglass is running slightly bare, uh, but if we could we just can, start it over too, if we want, just run it, run it back. Oh, turn it upside down. That's that is how that works, right? Yeah, let's just do it again <laughs> from the top. No, but actually, uh, Jason, if you'd be so kind as to answer a couple of questions for us, uh, we would love to wrap the show with that. Uh, the first being, Jason, how can our listeners support you? Uh, well, definitely check out um, theultrahuman.net. Again, it's www.theultrahuman.net. You'll see my uh, very ultra nootropic called The Da Vinci, which is an eight-hour product uh, for cognitive enhancement. Product works unbelievable. As, as you guys know, I've sent you some product to, to test out. Oh, yeah. Um, you can also check out my podcast. It's the Jason Deere podcast. Last name is spelled D-H-I-R. You can find me on Instagram at Jason Deer, D-H-I-R. Uh, check those out, and uh, you'll definitely know how to find me. Sweet. Ben, do you have any other questions? Uh, I have exactly one more, and we oh, will show notes more. all of those. Yeah, no, exactly one. Uh, if you would like, Jason, our listeners to take one thing away from your time on the show, what would you want that to be? Get to a deeper level of thinking and love everyone. I think those are the most two important parts of this entire show. And as quirky as it may sound, I think from a party standpoint, because we've covered a lot of that today, I think we've just gone to a place where we've uh, we, we've just started abandoning so many people and uh, segregating into into little groups being ourselves by ourselves. 
social media technology has distanced everyone. It has not really connected everyone. It's distanced us. So learn to reconnect. Um, and number two, uh, was we were talking about uh, various use of, of different substances and things like that to kind of achieve a, a different level. Taking time by yourself, whether it's self-meditation or long drives or, or whatever that may be, start learning to reconnect yourself and think at a deeper level. It's going to help you solve problems in life. It's going to help you be a lot more creative. I've been vastly creative in my life, in my own businesses for almost 20 years now. And I've, uh, I've never really had to use substances um, to, to do it, but I've spent a lot of time in nature. I spent a lot of time uh, with and without people and by myself to, to sort of self-discover. So as quick as it may sound, test it out, start doing it, whether it's a little bit here or there uh, once a week. I think you'll find it uh, stimulates different parts that you never realized you, you can even tap into. Really well said. Uh, a, a fine and fitting summary for uh, what is, I would say, an eclectic and insightful show where we, much like the the topic begged us to, explore a lot of different ways of expanse and, and finding barriers and breaking them down. So, Jason, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, and, th- hey, thanks for the products that you make and for sponsoring our show. You know, we appreciate it. Uh, and we know we we appreciate you coming on the show and taking time to, to chat with us. Fantastic. Thank you guys for having me. And for any uh, fans of the show, if you'd like to try any of the product, I believe we have a promo code set up, right? Yeah. Your list, 10,000 hours? Yep. 10,000 hours? Vince, is it? Hold on, Vince. Oh, boy. Here's it's, our classic Here's our classic bit. I got it. It's not that classic. I got to say, though, it's 1-1. One, one, <laughs> four to four, four-ish? Four zeros? Four zeros, yep. Yeah, unless you're counting the O's, or excuse me, the O, but we don't, because it's not a it's not a yeah, they're different characters, that's right. Exactly. So uh so it's it's one one four zeros. Mm-hmm. Uh one H, one O. <laughs> yep. One it's ten thousand thousand hours, yeah, that's right. One that's, R. Yep. One S. As, it's as we said. <laughs> That's right. It is. Um, it, hold so that's on. That's a promo code. Vince, maybe we should do a, a sub show just called 10,000th Hour, where it's just like only one, maybe over the course of a course of the episodes, we just do a to, an hour total that just, I don't know, it's just an idea. Maybe we could do a, 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 or a podcast where that's like the 10,000th time you do that joke. Oh, yeah, or maybe maybe it's like a post show. We just call it the ten thousandth hour, and we just go yeah. to do a post show recap. Uh, I like it, Jason. If we still have your attention, which I would not blame you if we don't, um, could we get you to give us our customary ship? It? If we don't have the guest attention, I fear for her, um, for our <laughs> listeners' attention. Oh no! Excellent. I'm right here. I'm right here, guys. Great. Thank you. Uh, would you give us a Jason Deere ship it? We like to end our show on that notion, though we have maligned it slightly for good reason uh, on today's episode. We still hold it true. I love it. Well, you guys there? Always. Yep. I'm sorry. I uh, blocked out for a second. I don't believe. Oh, you. no problem. If you could, if you could give us just a, a ship it, the words that would be so that would be great. We'd be obliged. Ship it, guys. 